Hi friends, I'm Jenny Meyer, and you're listening to The Rooted Podcast, where we talk about real life, biblical truth, and how to walk with Jesus through it all. Be sure to follow me on social at Jenny Meyer and at She Is Rooted. Also check out the website, JennyMeyer.com, as it is my mission to help women cease the striving while resting into who God has called them to be. Now let's get started. Don't forget to check out the brand new Unraveling Truth podcast. This is a members-only podcast that will work to uncover and unravel the truth regarding our history through a biblical lens. This uncensored podcast dives into more fringe topics that you will not hear on this Rooted with Jenny Meyer podcast. So definitely go check it out and you gain all the previous episodes when you hit subscribe. Check it out at www.unravelingtruthpodcast.com. Welcome back to the podcast. I am thrilled today to have this guest with me, John Pounder's um, just, just talking, we're going to talk about a lot of things today, but mostly about end time views. As I know a lot of you ladies, that is your number one question right now that I am receiving. So John, I am so excited to have you here from now you see TV. Um, so thank you for joining me. I'm excited too. Thank you for having me on. It's really, um, a blessing to go on other people's shows. Sometimes maybe a new audience of people that have never heard this stuff. Cause you know, this is, really kind of the, the this whole subject in general what you're talking about here what you're trying to go through is probably one of the most important subjects in the bible even revelation starts out with saying that there's a blessing to those who read this book uh, but unfortunately a lot of the mainstream they don't really focus on the stuff a whole lot and i get why because you know most of us have heard our whole lives the world's ending the world's ending you know at least i did you know growing up in church there was always somebody an end times prophet that would come along and say, you know, even setting dates happened all happen all the time. And so a lot of people are just kind of like burnt out by that, especially if you were in, in a Pentecost church or whatever, it was like the end times are every day coming, you know, and, and I believe though, at this time that we're in right now, of course, I never say for sure that we're in the end times or we're not, but I do believe that it's very close to um, being able to fulfill the entire prophecy because I you know, there's never been a time in history where, where information has been so abroad, where um, the technology has been increased to such a level that all of these things that uh, this mass control that needs to take place in order for the Antichrist to take the throne, there's never been a time in history where this has happened ever. Like there's never been a time where we can connect um, across the world like we're connecting right now, but there's also other, you know, other countries are even going further with implanting things in people's arms and in their face or in their in their arm or in their head even Neuralink tesla is talking about doing that um and you have all of these different i guess just technologies that are set up perfect for control because at that point you won't even be able to hide your thoughts from them uh it's almost like an episode of there's this one uh show that i used to watch and i can't and actually i watched watched it uh, i can't remember what it's called now it's, it's not supernatural but it's they're basically working with these multiverses and then they have these observers which are basically biblical watchers that are manipulating everybody they can even read their thoughts and they've come and they've taken control which i think is a is the hidden way of them showing exactly what's going to happen um in, in the guise of aliens or whatever you want to call these things so uh, but i know that was a long-winded answer to your question but um <laughs> no, that's okay. I do that sometimes, so. No, I love it. Um, and I mean, like I told you before we we started this episode, is that I I have listened to so much of you on Now You See TV um, with David Carrico on the Midnight Ride, and and like I said before, I want to thank you for that ministry. Do you want to give us a little bit about like your background, kind of how you got into it, and what you're doing with that ministry right now? Yeah. Um, so. My background before I became a believer was I grew up in a, Christ, a Christian school my entire life from the time I was in kindergarten till I graduated. And even I even went to Bible college after that. So I was kind of grounded in in knowing the Bible, even had to memorize large portions of it all the, all the time while this is going on. Of course, in my mind, I'm like, why do I have to do this stuff? Like, I don't even know what I'm reading. You know, like none of this makes sense to me, but I but I could quote you tons of scripture you know i could quote tons of it i can even tell you what 
every denomination's doctrine was down from you know to the T, because that's the kind of stuff you learn in Bible college, all these different things. But um, after that, I just kind of felt this disconnect from God. Like I just didn't believe necessarily that God was even real, or if He was real, it was just kind of an extended version of all of these other uh, gods of the Greeks, gods of the Romans, the old, the old ancient, even the more ancient ones in history. And because all their stories kind of jive together, at least the way it's told in a lot of times in the mainstream church, you know, because you do incorporate a lot of the holy days of of these old gods into the mainstream church. You know, even looking at for some of you, this might be shocking to hear. And for some of you, you probably already know this, but, you know, things like Christmas and Easter have very, very pagan roots in their celebrations. And so all of this kind of just the more I would learn, the more I thought, okay, this is just Christianity is more for dumb people that don't know all of this stuff and all of this other stuff is all synchristic. It all kind of folds together. And so anyways, I, I started living my life according to what I wanted to do, trying to fulfill my own lust, my own needs, my own, all of that stuff. And, and because I just didn't buy the narrative anymore. And when that happened, I started, uh, I got on drugs. I started, um, you know, even doing crime, like lots of different kinds of crimes and, and doing all of these different things until uh, it really affected me mentally and physically, uh, obviously. I mean, that's, you know, the, everybody reaps what they sows, whether we want to believe that or not. But I, I was reaping, I was starting to reap everything that I had sowed for years. Uh, and it came to a point to where um, not only was I divided in my mind, because I would have to act like one person around some people and one person one, one person around another people you know whether if i was around criminals i had to act like a criminal if i was around family i had to act like family and so it, it mentally it was messing with me so i started going to the doctors you know psychiatrists and all that so they could give me medicines to like try to help me with the, with all of that and so i started getting hooked on those and i started getting hooked on major drugs um and i ended up in jail you know i was with a guy and he was doing a drug run and i was with him and we went to jail. We were uh, basically our whole crew had been under investigation. So they invest, they were investigating us. And so for the time that I was in jail, I wasn't allowed to have any, they didn't give me any of my pharmaceutical drugs that I needed or some of them, like you die if you don't take them. I mean, I was on like high levels of antipsychotics that literally will kill you if you stop taking them right away. And I was on that. I was on like on and off meth and cocaine and, and um, you know, smoking pot all the time, drinking beer all the time, like just completely out of my mind half the time. And of course, I didn't think that would think of that. But once I was in the jail and I was in there with a ton of different people, I mean, there was just it's overcrowded, overpacked jail. The jail that I was in is like, you know, nobody wants to go there. Let's put it that way. It's just a crap hole. And sorry, sorry about my language. No, ladies totally out there that are listening. I, I forget it. So it was, it was bad. And so I was going through these withdrawals and I, I was for three days, I'm just going through these withdrawals shaking, like, and I'm, I'm battling. There's people inside that I'm like trying to my best to not get violent with and not do that. Cause I didn't want to catch another charge while I was in there. And so like, everything's messing with my mind. I'm like, you know, it, it was just crazy. And then, so finally, after about three days of that, I'm, I'm laying there in the floor of this jail cell. And I just, I, I didn't realize all of a sudden, you know, like I look in the jail and I look, I see like a lot of my friends, a lot of the people that I've known, they're always in there in and out all the time. And, and I just thought like, this is my lot in life, you know, and even before that I had been suicidal. And while I was in there, I was even thinking more along those lines. I'm like, I don't want this to be my life. This sucks. You know, this is horrible. And then I started to come to the realization that everything that I had done had led me to that point of being um, just worthless and tortured, you know, to the point to where I was just ready to end my own life. It was all me. I'd made my own decisions. I couldn't blame God. I couldn't blame anybody because I literally decided that I was going to do what I wanted to do. And, you know, of course I had the, the dreams of whatever, you know, being wealthy, being all these different things. And I, and, and fortunately I chose crime to do some of those things. And my, so my life had come to just a boiling point. And so I cried out to God in that moment, I was laying there on the floor and, um, and I said, God, if you're, if you're real, if you're, if you really have a son that wants to save me, if you're, and I, I don't remember all the things I said, but I poured out my spirit, let's put it that way. And I said, like, if you care about me, please let me know. And I promise you, like, I'll stop doing what I want to do and I'll go with what you want me to do. 
And that set me on a, a motion right there because almost immediately after that, somebody came rapping on the jail cell. They called my name. I went out and I was going to sit. And, you know, the detectives have been pulling us in and out all the time because they're trying to get whatever they can out of us. And um, I go in there and I have my head hanged and I'm already at the point right now. I'm humbled. You know, I'm like, I'm done. I'm just uh, whatever the case is, they can throw me in jail, whatever, whatever it is, I, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm not going to worry about it. And I hear, an, I hear a voice, and it's a somewhat familiar voice. I hadn't seen him in years, but it was a guy that was sitting there, and he is a detective, a task, a task force with FBI and, and uh, DEA. And he was like, John, he's like, what, what happened, bro? Like, what, what are you doing here? Because I knew him before in music scene, and we'd played shows together, and I was never a drug addict. In fact, I was like, I was against drugs. I was what they call straight edge. It was like hardcore punk rock scene, and it was like, a bunch basically a bunch of thugs that went around you know ran around together thought they were higher and mightier than everybody because we didn't do drugs or anything i was in that for a while in the time he knew me and when i knew him he had long dreadlocks nose piercings and he like you know he had tattoos all over him and uh he's sitting there clean cut and in a suit and he's like look dude he's like this isn't my case he's like but i heard your name on the scanner and i was laying in bed and he said god told me that i need to come pray for you and like instantly i was like whoa man like like it just blew my mind and i felt like i just felt something something changed inside of me that it's so it's so crazy when i tell people this especially people that have been on drugs for a while it's so hard for them to understand this but like god took the desire for all of that away and just changed my heart within an instant now of course i had to work on things for years like you know as far as how i responded to people growing in wisdom and such but but those kind of things that have been plaguing me for a long time were were taken from me and so at that moment, I didn't really know who God was exactly. I knew that, you know, that Jesus was connected. I knew that because I asked him, if you really have a son that'll forgive me, you know, I need this right now. So I, I didn't even know if the Bible was true at that point, but God showed me that the Bible was true down to every single jot and tittle of the Bible. And so then I started reading it. So then I get, I start reading it. And of course I'm thinking, I'm going to throw out all of the commentary I've ever heard, all of the denominational garbage that i've encountered along my path and i'm just going to read it and see what it says and i'm going to go back and i'm going to look and i'm going to study it word for word and i got to genesis 6 and it just blew my mind i'm like this says that the sons of god which are the angels and other parts of the bible came down mated with women and there were babies and there were giants on the earth and they ruled the world these are the men of renown this is all of the other religions that i learned about these are where these religions came from. It's basically the same story, but from the enemy's perspective, you know? And so that put me on the path to where I'm at right now, put me on the path to really being focused in on those subjects, because I feel like nowadays you almost have to be if you really want to be a watchman, because the things that are coming upon the earth are not the same things that have come upon the earth uh, in any of our lifetimes. It's happened before, as in the days of Noah, but it hasn't happened in our life or our parents' life or their parents' life. This has been a while since this has happened. So this is part of being a watchman on the wall, like what you're trying to do too. This is like, this is part of it. You have to, you have to talk about these things because otherwise people were going to be deceived. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I love that you brought up Genesis 6 because it's, it has been a topic that I have dug into. And like I said earlier too, um, probably before we, we recorded, but the Supernatural book by Michael Heiser, Dr. Michael Heiser, that like literally like snapped everything in me, every paradigm that I have ever um, thought was true, like everything, it, it challenged everything, but it literally was like a light switch went on. And I'm like, I need to know more, like, and just reading that again, yeah. growing up in the church, you know, it's skipped over. When, when do you hear on the pulpit, pastors talking about giants and Nephilim and, and what that actually meant um, in those days. I mean, we hear the the story of David and Goliath, but what did that mean? You know, what did, would, what did a giant actually mean? And that's how um, I just started digging in and, you know, started this podcast and just have this burning desire to share more with others, but do it like you guys, this is in the Bible. I still have people say, no, you know, I don't really think there were giants. I'm like, it's right here. It is right here. And so I love what you do. Um, I love the ministry that you have. Um, and I, ha I personally have learned so much and I share it with so many of my friends as well. So let's, um, dig in. So one of the biggest questions that I get on a daily basis, mostly on Instagram is what my view of end times is. And, 
I'm going to share my perspective real quick. I was raised in a non-denominational church. I was raised in the um, dispensational view of the rapture, whether it was pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. And the past two years, I have struggled with that. And it wasn't anything that I heard. It was literally, I feel the Holy Spirit saying, no, you know, keep digging, keep reading. And, and I have done that over the past two years. And so I, I, I know what you believe, but I would love for you to share that because I love how you and David Carrico talk about that on the midnight ride. So I know it's a loaded question. I know it's a deep one, but will you share just your view on all of that? Yeah. You know, that it's, this is one of those things you could spend obviously a long time on, but to kind of give a truncated idea of why uh, we don't believe in a rapture pre um, pre return of God. Um, you know, we go by what Jesus said and Jesus draws out a really clear timeline in scriptures. If you go back and you read exactly what he says about what will come, and then you take prophecy and put it in his words and see how that all lines up together. Then you start to understand prophecy because revelation is written out of order, right? There's different orders. There's different vials that get poured out. There's cups of wrath. There's all of these different things that happen. And there are all, some of them are visions that point to another vision. Some of them are out of order of, of different things going on. So trying to make sense of it sometimes is not very easy, but the key to understanding that we believe is the words of Jesus. And Jesus never talked about coming in a secret way again. He talked about coming in the clouds and basically the end, this is going to be the end. This is when the, uh, and I know a lot of people think the thousand year reign or whatever, and this is a whole, that's a whole nother subject, but this is when he comes to set up his throne. And if you read biblically, when he comes to set up his throne, there's no other time when he decides, Oh, I'm going to leave for a minute and then I'm going to come back after setting up my throne on earth, um, you have an eternal reign at that point, right? And so a lot of Christians believe in this um, this idea of a rapture, then a thousand-year reign, and then uh, Satan's coming back to fool everybody. Jesus is coming back again after his thousand-year reign. I guess I don't know what happened to him at the end of the thousand-year reign. I guess he decided, you know, I'm done with this. Oop, I'm out, you know, and uh, came back, I guess, and then, then the full uh, full forever rain happens with him on earth. So I believe we're at right now, like, because Jesus said he was going to rule and reign with the father in heaven. I believe that that rule and reign is a kingdom reign that actually has nothing to do with the earthly things right now. And that's when he told the, when he told his disciples, you know, you can't grasp, you can't see it, you can't see it, but the kingdom of God is all around you. I think he was trying to explain to them that this world, this fleshly kingdom that you see in front of you, it's going to be all gone. The, the other kingdom is something you can't see yet. It's not something you know know about until after you're born again, right? Until after you've reached that that place in your life, which I believe is after we, we pass away and we die. Then we can kind of fully grasp it. Right now we're building it, right? We're building our own places in that kingdom. A lot of people are building a slum and a lot of people are building mansions. And it just depends on, you know, a lot of, a lot of things on how that takes place. Now, the rapture, I, I understand there's there's words in Greek that could mean snatching away, taking away, like harpazo and all of these different Greek words. But when you read that, there's not very many scriptures that talk about um, taking the church up out of everywhere and then bringing them back. Uh, th- that just the context, there might be one verse you can find that might may, maybe you can make sense with that. But in order to understand scripture, um, we go what what you're supposed to do. And I think this is what. Uh, a lot of people maybe maybe they don't understand this part of it, but when scripture is always talking about other parts of scripture, that's why it's so amazing because there's 66 books in the in this Bible that's canonized, and they all go together, right? They all make sense together. They all point visions pointing back, and this was written over a long period of time. You can go to like the Nag Hammadi Codexes, which is a Gnostic books, and all of, there's not that many books in there, but they all disagree. None of them make sense together. You can go to other religions and look at their writings. You know, none of them, like even witchcraft, it's like these witches say this, these witches, like you can't even like get a cohesive doctrine out of all of this stuff, you know, but with the Bible, you can. So going back and looking um, and seeing what all lines up is really important. But I believe like, you know, a lot of the verses that people attribute to the thousand year reign uh, like, you know, the things that are going to happen during this thousand year reign, I challenge you to find 
the word 1000 year reign in any of those verses. Like a lot of people point to Zechariah and uh, the Old Testament about the thousand year reign, but not one of those verses says this is the thousand year reign. This is talking about after the day of the Lord, when God comes back and sets up his throne on earth. This is a whole nother. This is the final thing. And a thousand year reign, when you look at that, um, when you look at it in terms of of things we can understand, I, I think it's hard for people to grasp that the thousand year reign might be going on right now because of all yeah. the horrible things they see. But if we think that the thousand year reign, think of the thousand year reign as a spiritual reign, which over the kingdom of God, which isn't the kingdom of this earth you know he says my kingdom is not of this world jesus said that himself uh then it's a different understanding but i don't divide on that you can believe whatever you want to believe on those subjects but i think i think challenging yourself to really study it for yourself and try to rectify that i think is really important me and david have tried to uh do as many shows we can as possible about mm -hmm. it and you know try to bring some clarity on it because it does require more than just um looking at it and be like okay this is it you know which is what you get in church like you yep. you know nobody really questioned it it was like this we get the rapture here it is boom and yep. then that's it you know there's no question in it so yep. we have to learn to question things and we have to learn to understand that the scripture has been given to us the holy spirit has been given to us and it says that all truth can be learned through the holy spirit right he'll guide us into all truth and we don't even the scripture even says we don't need another teacher other than the holy spirit and if that's the case then we have all of the tools we need to understand the Bible without um, having some doctorate or PhD or whatever trying to explain it to us. Um, and it, of course, it helps to listen to what other people have thought about it. But you got to have your own thoughts too. You got to be able to like decipher what's good and what's bad. I mean, if you can't do that, then you're gonna have a lot of problems. You're just gonna be bouncing all over the place uh, with stuff. And and so I don't know, I just I, I hopefully that helped a little bit. I know that I couldn't really yeah. explain totally if there's anything specific that you want to want me to cover on. I will. But I just my main goal is always to get people mm -hmm. to read for themselves. Don't trust me. Don't mm -hmm. trust anybody. Mm -hmm. you, we, mm -hmm. You don't know any of us. Yeah. You know, and yep. we might be wrong, not trying to be wrong. I would never pur purposely mislead anybody. But I but I can say this. I've been wrong before. Yep. It happens. So yep. <laughs> no, I love it. And that's kind of like, that's where I have been the past couple of years of my life is like, it's me and my Bible, like really. And it's in prayer and yeah. it's um, asking the Holy Spirit for discernment too, and being vigilant about that and, and that discernment. Um, so question yeah. with, when, when the, it says the church is caught up, do you believe the church will be caught up um, with Jesus at the like the day of the Lord and protected from God's wrath? Or do you believe the church will be here on earth and, and sealed and protected from God's wrath, but still here on earth? So I think that scripture, it says that the dead in Christ will rise first mm -hmm. and those that are alive will be caught up together with them. Uh, but it also talks about the raising of the, all the dead, every single one, yeah. because they're getting ready to go to the judgment, judgment. seat, right? Yeah. To see, yeah. to see. So everybody's raised up at the last time and caught up to stand before judgment. I think that um, there are going to be those that are alive when Jesus comes back and that are brought through it. Um, it talks about in Zechariah and um, Jeremiah and different books of the Bible, how when he returns, he's going to shine so bright that the, that the evil won't be able to stand in his presence. Everything will, er, like everything will dissipate except for that which was built on the kingdom of God, except for that which was built on the spirit. So those that are around still that remain true, they will be able to stand in his presence in his in his in his sun in his shining and the kings of the earth it says that they'll be inside the earth in their little bunkers and they're going to be begging for the rocks to fall down on them because of how, how of because of him because and it says that the whole world's going to see him and they're going to mourn uh, they're going to mourn because they have pierced him uh, those that have those that have pierced him will mourn and so we have i i believe that at the time of this coming there's going to be people raised and and some of that i believe has already happened you look in the scripture it talks about some of the people being raised in the scripture uh, and walking around on the earth for a while right after his resurrection he was the firstborn of the dead and and that may continue to happen all throughout the time i don't know everything but i know that um that c catching up is associated with his final return and so if it is a rapture, it's not like a very long yeah. one, and we still yeah. have to go through all of the other stuff yeah. before his final return. Because when he comes to return, it's all said and done. Like the the beast and all that stuff's getting destroyed instantly. There's no waiting for for anything. He's coming and he's just 
boom, it, his, yep. he's going to shine so bright that the flesh can't stand before him, you know? Yep. Yep. No, I love that. Um, and I mean, that's, that's where, where my heart, I feel like God is saying, you know, like, no, you need to prepare because you are going to be here when, I mean, I, I want to say, I, I guess I can say it's my podcast when shit hits the fan, like you're going to be here. Right. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so with, with that, like, what do you feel like, wh- how do we need to prepare? You know, how do we need to prepare for these times where, where if we are in the end times, if we are really close, we see everything happening. Um, we see this transhuman agenda. We see this, um, transgender agenda, all of these things happening, how can we prepare? What does it mean to get your house in order? So there's a scripture that I really, really like. It's in Ezekiel chapter 14. And it talks about when God's going to send the wild beast through the land. He's going to send people through the land to kill and, and to do all these diseases and everything. And this is what he says. He says, those these three men noah daniel and job were in it they should deliver but their own souls by the righteousness saith the lord god and so part of preparing yourself is training yourself in righteousness the bible says that all scripture is given for many number of things one of them is training in righteousness um that's important of course the church leaves that part of it out because i don't know why exactly i think a lot of it has to do with the infiltration that took place you know uh in early in the early 1900s late 1800s um there was this doctrine that was been pushed you know you have this dispensationalist doctrine idea that uh righteousness doesn't apply to us anymore in fact we don't have to worry about anything you can break all the commandments you want it doesn't really matter like it just at this point anything goes type mentality and of course not all churches have that mentality but that's what you get from a lot of them um i think the fact that we don't understand growing in wisdom as a church is really detrimental to who we are. Uh, the Bible has different kinds of wisdom. There's wisdom uh, like the Greek word Sophia that comes from spiritual wisdom from God, but there's uh, other kinds of wisdom that it speaks of that comes from learning. It comes from reading the word and it also comes from life situations. You know, if you have a situation where you uh, do something stupid and it backfires on you and you learn from that situation, that's a way of learning wisdom. Of course, um, you have to realize that your actions actually do bring consequences before you can grow in that kind of wisdom, which is unfortunate that people still don't understand the reap so principle, even though it's it's a principle that God laid into motion, can't be taken out of the way. It's just part of life. It's part of who we are. It's part of what we do. If I go around drinking every night and driving eventually the consequences are going to catch up with me you know no matter what if i go around and i drink poison every chance i get one day that 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 consequence is going to catch me right because actions have consequences and it's the same with our actions in our everyday lives and so if we can think okay that action did this so i'm not going to do that anymore i'm going to figure something else out that's not right maybe i can look in the word and see what it says about it maybe i can just learn from other people's mistakes and go from there. Uh, but that's part of it, right? So Jesus says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these other things will be added unto you. And so if we can seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, both of those things, which you ask the average church girl, what does that mean to seek his righteousness? And they'll say, oh, it means just to be a believer, right? So that's all it means. But that's not what it means. I mean, being a believer is part of the battle. You believe in Jesus, but even the demons believe in him. They know who he is. Belief has to come with a following. It has to come with the the way of doing things. You know, if I if I were to grab your hand, Jenny, I said, listen, trust me. We're going up this mountain. I know the way. I know the path. And you can come with me, and I'll take you, and you'll be safe. Faith, Your faith in me doesn't require you to believe I exist at that point. You're not, you're not, that's not what I'm asking of you. I'm not asking you to believe that I have, that I exist, have faith in me. You know, I'm not asking that because you know, I exist. I'm right there in front of you. I'm asking you to have faith in my way, in my path that I'm going, that you're going to be safe and brought through that. And so that's what faith, real faith is, is, is having faith in the way It's having faith in the, in the person, you know, in, in who he is and him bringing you through this life to the next life. And so part of training in righteousness is doing things that are a blessing to God and not a curse to to God or to yourself, because some of the sins we do are a curse to us, 
ourselves and some are a curse to other people and some are a curse to God. Some of them, God can't even stand the smell or the thought or the sight of it, right? He can't stand that stuff. And so we have to understand that. And Jesus himself said that, you know, those that teach those to do the law and do it themselves will be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. But those that disobey the law and teach others to do so will be the least in the kingdom of heaven. And so part of knowing where we're supposed to be during this time, like I, you know, I have, I prep pretty good, but I might be a hundred miles away. You know, I do meet and greets from time to time. I do go all, go travel a lot. I could be somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, but if I'm in tune with what God has, I will be in the exact right place that I need to be. The scripture says that the, um, the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered by the Lord. So your steps are ordered by the Lord if you are righteous, if you walk in righteousness and try. None of us are perfect. I don't claim to be perfect. I mess up a, a lot because I'm just a real intense person. Sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm always running, gunning, doing things. And when my mind's motivated, like I think about myself pretty much and that's it. And it's a horrible place to be in, but it's not like I'm doing it purposely, but that's where I'm at. You know, everybody else, I forget about all that and I just move. And so that's, you know, that's the thing that I struggle with. We're all going to struggle with something, but we have to, the whole point is coming back away from it and going back the right way. Just because you struggle with something doesn't mean you have to take a far right turn and just get the heck out of there, right? You don't have to do that. I, I have also in the past struggled with, um, eating properly or struggle with exercise because I'm in front of a computer all the time or I'm reading all the time. But I decided uh, decided a year ago, like, oh, God, I'm going to take control of this. And I know that you want it. You, my body's your temple. You, you know, you don't want to run down garbage temple. So I'm going to go and I'm going to move towards correcting that as well. There's all kinds of little things that we correct when we realize what we've done. So don't think that you have to start out perfect. I mean, I can tell you this, like the first two years of my meeting a believer, I, I had night terrors. I would like, I had post-traumatic stress. I would have this constant reoccurring thing where this guy in a ski mask was over me. Uh, and it was somebody that had wronged in the past. Right. And then just like over and over again for like two years. So my mind, uh, but now I don't have any of that. So it took time, but so don't always remember as long as you're pushing towards the right direction, that's what he wants from me. He doesn't need perfection out of us. He doesn't need anything out of us, but he wants us to do the best that we can. He knows, he knows us. And he knows if we're doing our best or he knows if we're just trying to, you know, get fire insurance, I guess. Yeah. No, I love that you say like, you, he, if you're following his lead, right. And even if you're a hundred miles away from, from your house, when, when stuff happens, yeah. if you're following his leads, you're exactly where he wants you like that. That is yeah. so true. And I think a lot of times when people get so fearful of the future and, um, they're not wanting to leave their house, they're not wanting to do, to do anything. And I mean, I've struggled with fear in the past too. And, and I continually like rebuke it out loud. Like, no, I'm not going to claim this. This is not of Christ. Um, but we, yeah. we have to live our life, but do so in the way that God wants. I think that is so true. Um, so speaking yeah. of, you know, prepping. Um, that's a question I get a lot too, of these ladies and the women that follow me are saying like, you know, how much do I need to have? Um, you know, we're, we're seeing a shortage. We're seeing all the things that are, that are planned. I think that are done on purpose right now, um, in our country, yeah. you know, what, what, what's your suggestion on that? Like how much, how much do you stock up? You know, that's, that's a really good question because, you know, there's the common idea that the tribulation is going to be seven years. There's some people that believe you need to stock up for three to four years or 10 years. And, and the, the answer to that is, I don't know, but I do know this, that, uh, even if you've got yourself stocked up for seven years, it never hurts to do more because there are going to be people that have nothing that literally have not planned anything out and they're going to be on your doorstep. And, um, we can't just shoot everybody that comes anywhere near us, right? We, as believers, we want to be a light to the world in some way, just like Daniel or uh, Joseph, he collected food for seven years for uh, entire kingdoms, right? Mm -hmm. All, I mean, every nation around him was sustained because of this thing. Um, and if you can't prep food, if you don't have the extra money for food, prep in wisdom and knowledge, like prep in learning how to protect yourself and protect other people, prep in learning how to, uh, engineer things right get a class online learn how to engineer learn how to plant learn how to farm learn how to do things that'll be of value to somebody else because you know if if people are coming around and and they have value 
and they're like people that can okay i i know this I, i'm good at watching i can watch i've got great eyesight I've, i can i'm loud i got you know i can do this i'm good security i'm good at doing this and that's going to help a lot right because those people aren't just going to be leeches you're not going to be a leech you're going to be valuable to somebody to yourself even you're just going to be valuable the more you know the more valuable you are i tell my kids this all the time i'm they're like why do we have to learn this language why have to nobody we know speaks it i'm like it doesn't matter everything you learn is a step towards being more valuable to God, towards yourself and towards other people. And sure, God can use anybody for any task. He used a donkey, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't take advantage of everything God's given us. He's given us something priceless, two things that are really, really priceless that you can never get more of and you can never um, barter with, right? And now nowadays they're trying to figure out how to barter with that and make, you know, make people live forever. But you don't have, you only have time, so much time and you only have uh, so you only have a, you have a brain a, a a mind that is priceless. You can't buy a mind. You can't even come close to buying a mind. But you have a mind, and if any anything that God gives you, you should take and you should use. Just like the parable of the talents. For those of you that haven't heard it, look it up. It's talking about people that get these talents from God, and it's talking about money. But it, it also can be applied to gifts that you have like some people are way more gifted than than uh, others like I, there's a million people more gifted than i am out there i and they're all over the place and they could be doing a lot right and so if you've god's given you a lot then you should do a lot you should take that and you should you should make the best you can out of it that's part of prepping too because i mean food god can supply food for you yeah. like if you don't yeah. have enough food that's that sucks but if you're doing what god wants you to do he's going to give you food he gave manna to the people on the desert like he's going to do what he can do if you don't have the money to buy food you don't have the money to buy food you can't you know pull money out of a turnip right you just can't do it you can figure out things and get you know get smart uh with investing and, and with businesses and try to figure out some of that too which is another good thing to learn as well mm -hmm. uh, so you can help up more people because helping more people i think is there's something that inside just does something for all of us that really just blesses us as well as them. And, and it also is a way to gain uh, things in the, in the kingdom that's coming. So all of those things are great ways to prep. And I know not everybody can do everything. Not everybody's going to be able to do practice uh, self-defense or practice training of, of other kinds of things. They're just not going to do it. Some people are in a wheelchair. Some people are, are um, you know, crippled for some reason or another. So they're not going to be able to do that, but they can learn about other things, right? They can learn about helping taking care of children, helping do, there's so many things that, that the body needs when it comes together, just like it would need in ancient times. You know, it's gonna be like in ancient times when, you know, people are going to have to link together, trust each other and move move together with that. But if you're all alone, you're all alone and God can sustain you, so. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I think it's so it's important. Talking. No, no, no. I love it. Um, it's important, you know, look at your spiritual house, right? Like you need to feed that feed, feed the Holy spirit and be in the word. That's one of my biggest, um, I guess, points that I always talk about with on this podcast and, and on social media, what I'm talking is, are, are you in God's word daily? Because I mean, three years ago. Yeah. I, I was a Christian. I went to church every Sunday. I read the Bible on occasion. I do a Bible study, you know, every once in a while, but one of the biggest eye-opening things for me too, is the past few years is women are like, how, how do you crave it? Like, how do you, how do you make this a priority? How do you make this um, a habit? And I'm like, you have to start, you have to be in God's word daily. Like it is a non-negotiable and, and I was in the fitness industry and I'd see these women. And I mean, I would do it myself too. Like it was a non-negotiable to work out, you know, five days a week. It was a non-negotiable yeah. to track our, our food in my fitness pal seven days a week. You know, we were spending the, all this time yeah. on our physical bodies, but what is happening to your spiritual health? What is happening? And you know, that's, like I said, I've been trying to get that point across to, to women of, you have to start and then you crave it. And when you are in it, when you, when you pray daily, when you're in continual conversation with, with Jesus throughout the day, as if you were a five-year-old kid and you have a little imaginary friend sitting with you everywhere you go, like, and they talk to him, like, yeah. why are we as adults, like so scared to talk to Jesus throughout the day? And so I think, you know, building that, that spiritual house and being in God's word and knowing scripture and being able to recite it. And the Holy spirit will bring that back. I got asked last week, like, well, how, how do you, you know, you, 
bring up stories of the Bible or, you know, you can quote, you know, a verse here and a verse there. And, and I don't think I'm great at it, but like, that's the Holy spirit because I've been in it and he will bring those things to mind. Um, so I love that you said, it's not just like stocking up on food. Obviously I think that we all need to be smart, um, be prepared, but I mean, I, I don't think I, I don't have the means to stock up on seven years of food. Um, but being smart with what we have. So I appreciate that. I like that. Um, yeah, and you talk about what we were talking about praying all the time, you know, in first Thessalonians five and verse 16, it says, rejoice, always rejoice evermore and pray without ceasing and everything. Give thanks to God. Right. And everything we do. And that's, that's a really important part of it. Like you nailed it right there because unless you're conscious of what, you know, that you have God with you and watching you, then you're not going to be able to harness that, um, in the way that you're able, you know? So that's yep. awesome. Yep. Yep. Pray without ceasing. I love it. And I, and I guess I didn't really even know what that meant until, until I started doing it. Right. Yeah. Like, it doesn't mean you have to yeah. get on, get on your knees and, you know, spend an hour two, three hours a day on your knees, like in your prayer closet. It doesn't mean that it means like knowing that he is with you everywhere you go and talking to him. And, you know, I was having internet issues before this, like, honestly praying like, Lord, I'm, I'm giving you this podcast. I know this is what you want me to do. Like I bless this, right? Like, <laughs> like not today, yeah. Satan, you do not have control or authority over my internet yeah. to not let this happen today. So as we like wrap up over the next couple of minutes, what would you say? Like, we know that end times will be as, as in the days of Noah, as in the days of Lot, what would you say? Is there any, any parts of that that you are seeing today, whether it's with the jab or, you know, other agendas going on? You know, it's yeah, a loaded, um, a loaded question man, for you. You know, there's so, there's so, yeah, there's so many and you, you know, exactly, you, you know, exactly what the jab is one, like, you know, we have something, a new technology coming, and, and we've heard a lot of things. We don't know what's true and what's not about it uh, yet, but we do know that um, it is a force that's being u- used against our biology. And it's being, some people would argue that it's used for our biology. It's going to make things better. It's going to make the human better. Uh, but these are parts of judgment that the reason judgment took place back in the times of Noah Um the, the scripture that talks about Noah and his family were righteous in their generations. Um, that means generations means genealogy. They were full human. They didn't have any, they didn't have their righteous in their generations, righteous in their genealogy. They didn't have the mixture that took place with almost all of other humanity. And so Daniel talks about a time period and Daniel, when you see the vision of the statue, it has all of the different parts of the statue. And at the bottom, which is the last kingdom, the last beast kingdom, um, it says that they will mix their seeds with the son of man, but it will not cleave. They're going to try to mix their seed with us. And so this has uh, been going on for a while. We, ha- we see it with CRISPR technology. They're trying to change the genome. Uh, their, their goal is to offer eternal life. And I think it's all a deception. I think that Satan is trying to pull the same trick he pulled on Adam and Eve. God said, you're going to die. You're not going to die. In fact, we got this. You're going to live forever. Let's do this. You know, this is the, this is the same trick. So the corruption of human genome is part of it for sure. The corruption of flesh in, in, the, re, in the way of um, homosexuality, in the way of um, sexual perversions, you see pedophilia is huge, uh, just like it was in Rome before it fell. Pedestry was considered legal in Rome. Uh, um, it was normal for a man to have a young boy as a what they called a um, a um, intern, but they would be uh, actually used for you know other purposes as well. So that was and and that's the time that it all fell because that's always when that kind of stuff happens. That's when nations fall. And we're at that point right now when the whole world is going to fall because the whole world's partaken in this. The, the scriptures in Revelation talks about the whole world's drunk off Babylon's uh, abominations. The whole world, they've been fooled by by uh, witchcraft, right? It talk, or the, the word sorceries in the Greek is pharmakia. So we have the pharmakia, which pharmacies word comes from. All of that's part of the deception. Uh, you're going to see that these beans are going to return. And of course, there's all these ancient stories about these beans. If you go back and look at the Anunnaki, uh, everything, but it's in the Bible as well. And the Bible tells the true story of what, what they are. 
Uh, but people are going to see them as different. They're going to see them like they see the Avengers. That's why they've been pushing the Avengers and pushing all of these different kinds of uh, superhero movies. This is huge right now. And it's been huge for a while. But people are going to see something and they're going to equate it to that because more people have watched an Avenger movie than have read the Bible, at least from age zero to 30, right? More people have seen these movies than have read the Bible. And that's what they're going to imagine it's happening and also they're learning mythological studies in school to go along with they even have witchcraft schools in some of these places that are these universities so you have so many different ways of looking at it but there's only one right way which is why what you're talking about is so important because it is like the days of Noah. it is like the days of sodom which a lot of that genetic manipulation was going on at that time as well and we have to be aware of that that's part of being a watchman that's part of knowing your enemy well enough to be able to move away from his devices, right? It's the scripture, it says, don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. Don't be ignorant of what he's going to use against you because it's coming. And uh, that's those are things right there that um, I believe that is going on right now. And there's more, obviously, technology is increasing. They're trying to merge man with the machine. Um, there's, there's, you know, a wars raging, right? There's rumors of wars going on. Um, and this is worldwide. This isn't just localized like we've always had before. Even World Wars before were localized, but we're talking about a organization which uh, I won't mention. I guess I could. The who? They are. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They are. They are. Um, you know, in the process of gaining sovereignty to all nations. Like there, no country will have sovereignty when the next pandemic happens. Therefore, they will be supreme rulers of the entire world. This has never happened before. Even when Rome was at its peak. Even when some of these civilizations were at their peak, they had no way to rule across all the way over here or all over the world, right? They couldn't do it. They'd be too extended. But now we have this, they have this ability to enact a new world order, a final world order, and the final beast. And uh, so, yes, there's so many correlations. We could do a whole nother show mm -hmm. about that. It's just crazy. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So. And and speaking of that real quick, as far as, as the Antichrist goes, um, do you see the Antichrist as one figure or do you see it as like a system with multiple people, figures? So, yeah, there's, so, there's ways of looking at that. So um, there's the Bible says that there's been many antichrists, right? It's kind mm -hmm. of a spirit, mm -hmm. an antichrist spirit that resides. It actually resides in people that aren't believers, yep. according to the scripture, because yep. before we're believers, we were a part of that antichrist spirit. Um, now you have to differentiate the terms in, in the, in the revelation and in yep. Daniel, you have, uh, Jesus talks about the man of sin setting mm -hmm. up, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he has, talks about that. And then there's the abomination that causes desolation. Um, and you see that uh, a picture of that in Maccabees. If you've ever read Maccabees uh, during the time of Hanukkah, people always read it. But the story, uh, they set up the abomination of desolation in the temple there. Um, and it was associated with Antiochus Epiphanes. Yep. Yep. And you see Nero as a type of Antichrist, killing, slaughtering millions and millions of Christians. Uh, his name even equaled 666. I mean, this is how... Yep. connected antichrist and you see hitler is a type of antichrist and you have all of these different ancient kings that are a type mm -hmm. and i think that uh definitely that it's going to be a person the antichrist is going to be a person but i think it's going to be literally satan inhabiting a human being uh setting up just like i believe that's exactly how he came before and this is when he's unchained and he's left to um deceive the entire nations the gog and magog to bring them to war against mm -hmm. god's people um and so getting back to to um the antichrist there's a beast figure right that those are that's definitely a kingdom each each mm -hmm. head of the beast is represents a kingdom and there's horns on the beast which represent kings uh, and it talks about the different kings in there and you can kind of read that and daniel has a similar beast it's pretty much the same beast and it has talks about different kings of these different kingdoms so there is a king that comes with every kingdom so i would assume by looking at the scripture that there's also a king that comes with the final beast you know and it and so yep. that's where i'm at with that now yep. there's other arguments that i've heard that are good too but i really think that it's there's actually going to be an image of a beast of some sort whatever that is it could be a human it could be a beast it could be the dragon i don't know but um all all people are gonna uh, they're gonna have to worship it all right or die uh, according to this vision, whatever this image of the beast is. Now it could, it could be anything, you know, I, I don't really know. I wish I knew 
can give you a hundred percent answer. I have all my theories and I believe that I, that believe that I know, but I can't tell you yeah. exactly what the truth is on that. So we'll have to wait and see for that, but yeah. be aware that that's a big possibility. And if not, the kingdom itself could be an idol, right? So. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And I yeah. think we're, I mean, we've been seeing the beast, the overall system for 2000 years, you know, longer than that. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, I feel like it, God's kingdom is at hand as far as like, we're close and I love having these conversations, um, to make people think like you guys get in your word. You know, if, if John's saying a scripture here, go look it up, like hit pause and go look it up and have your Bible in front of you when you're listening to whatever type of podcast. And, and again, I highly recommend the now you see TV, um, whether on YouTube or rumble or their website, um, I mean, sometimes when I listen to you and David, John, I, I literally have my Bible out and I will hit, I've only caught one live. Um, so I hit pause and literally I'm looking up scripture and I think it's such a good way to learn and you get more, you get familiar with scripture. So, I mean, I do, I think that we are, we are in some interesting times for sure. And I do think, like you said, the, um, the statue of the, of Daniel, um, we are, we are seeing that the iron mix with clay and it's not going to cleave. It's not going to go together. So I appreciate you taking the time, John. I really, really do. And like I told you earlier, I'm like, I just wanted to reach out. Like, I don't know if he's going to get back to me, but I so appreciate it. And, um, do you have anything else you want to wrap up with? Just thank you so much, uh, Jenny, for having me on. I I really do appreciate it. You reached out at like the perfect time. Uh, You know, I feel like God definitely, um, timing's everything right and yeah. so i appreciate appreciate it a ton it's a it's a blessing to talk to you and hear that you're out here doing that as well um i just want i just love to say to people you know look you, you guys are here listening to this for a reason and god's giving you an opportunity he's giving you an opportunity to serve his kingdom um and you have that opportunity but you also have the opportunity to serve the kingdom of satan so you have to make that choice in your everyday life. This is a, this is not just a one time. Oh, I believe in Jesus. I'm, I can do whatever I want now. This is a lifestyle. This is a way. And so that's all I want to say. Thank you so much, Jenny. Yeah. Thank you again. As always, you guys, you guys know how to get in touch with me. If you have any questions, comments on this podcast, um, feel free to email me. Hello at JennyMeyer.com. Go on Instagram, message me. I love hearing your guys' comments on all of this. So thank you again. And I will chat with you soon.